Well, beloved, let's quickly make our way to the word. Turn with me to Psalm 119, verse 89, where it reads, Forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven. Your faithfulness endures to all generations. You established the earth, and it abides. They continue this day according to your ordinances, for all are your servants. Unless your law had been my delight, I would then have perished in my affliction. I will never forget your precepts, for by them you have given me life. May the Lord add a blessing and, a, and strength to the hearing and reading and doing of his word. I also want to praise the Lord for my cousin, Daryl Blake, and Lady Demetria Blake, who are here with us as well, all the way out from Georgia. People from down south don't say Georgia, we say Georgia. J-O-J-A, let's get the spelling right. But as we move forward into the word, one of the things that I was taught early by my father was that life is not something to be taken lightly. Not to say that life is not to be enjoyed and not to be seen as a thing of beauty, but to understand that it is to be taken very seriousness, seriously, even in the midst of his joy and beauty. See, one of the beliefs that I carried as a much younger man was this erroneous assumption that an existence without struggle and inconvenience is an objective in and of itself. It was my belief that if there was a struggle in my life that something was wrong. That if I was under attack, then something wasn't right. It was my father that first began to let me know that in many ways life is a battlefield to a certain degree. That struggle is a part of life. Some people even started their relationship with God with the belief that they were going to be saved from some of the trials that we encounter in life. Some believe that God is like some intergalactic genie that sits on high waiting to grant your every material wish and give us everything that we want in a world that we're supposed to be rising above in the first place. God longs for us to come to him so we can rise above and have victory over this world and we spend most of our time asking him to grant us the desires of this world and to spare us the pain of this world and this life. You see, in the world's limited childish view of God, they ask that if God really exists, why did he let this bad thing happen or why did he let that 
bad thing happen. We sometimes forget the fact that as children of the king, that we are only passing through this world. That our home is not this world, it is somewhere else. We forget that life has its ups and its downs. It is pain as well as pleasure. It is tragedy as well as triumph. And the same thing that can make you laugh sometimes can and does make you cry. Being washed in the blood of the Lamb, talking in tongues, knowing all the verses in the Bible does not make you exempt. Ecclesiastes 9 and 2 says that all things come alike to all. One event happens to the righteous and the wicked, to the good the clean and the unclean, to him who sacrifices and him who does not sacrifice. As is the good, so is the sinner. We have seen the good die young. And we've seen some of those who we would call evil live to a ripe old age. Rain falls on the just and the unjust alike. I learned that if you are alive, that you are going to go through tough times, whether you are good or bad, saved or unsaved. Apostle Paul likened this life to a struggle. Run the race. Fight the fight. Keep the faith, strive, be diligent, work, travail. There is nothing, no, no passage in the word of God that implies that there will no longer be problems in your life when you give your life to the Lord. In fact, we are told just the opposite. However, the question is how are we to respond to the inevitable struggles of life? How are we to act when life itself seems to launch an all-out attack on our minds and our spirits? When we find our, that our sense of peace and joy are under attack by the situations and circumstances that we find ourselves in. Dad told me long ago that the strength of a person is not revealed by how he or she functions when demands are low and conditions are ideal. He told me that a person's ability to survive and succeed is not determined by how that person deals with normal everyday living. It has been said that the true test of character is not how we handle success, 
but how we handle adversity. Amen. Which brings us to the title and topic of our time together today. We're going to talk about grace under fire. Not the mid-90s TV show that most of y'all didn't watch anyway, but the real grace under fire. The term grace under fire is a phrase that is military in its origin, and it is defined as the ability to remain calm and composed in difficult or extremely stressful situations. For example, if you can remain calm, composed, and focused when bullets are flying at you and explosions are happening all around you, then you are exhibiting grace under fire. Again, the strength of a person is not revealed by how he or she functions when demands are low and conditions are ideal, but strength and ability are manifested and developed when the burden is heavy and the conditions are complicated, stressful, and adverse. You can't become a great athlete or a sea captain sitting in an easy chair in front of the television. In fact, there's not much of anything you can do sitting in an easy chair in front of the television except put on some weight. (laughs) Trust me, I know. Tell the truth and shame the devil. Amen. Praise the Lord. But a great athlete is revealed only after the most difficult of opponents and contests have been endured and conquered. Good captains do not calm seas make. That means a good sea captain's greatness is only revealed after he has faced many violent storms, attacks, and battles at sea. In most areas of life, it is best to prepare for the worst. Earthquakes occur only occasionally. But you need to build a house, especially out here, that will withstand an earthquake. Under normal circumstances, it will not need to be that strong, but when the earthquake comes, it will still be standing there after the ground stops shaking. It is of vital importance that you prepare for the environment that you exist in. If you stay in an area where forest fires occur, buy a roof that is fire resistant. There won't be a fire every day, but if one occurs, you will have a better chance of surviving. Save your money for a rainy day. It won't rain every day, but when it does, you'll be ready for it. If you are prepared and able to deal with men on horses, then men on foot will be much easier for you to contend with. A person who builds up their body, 
who pushes beyond the normal limits, who trains to run four and five miles, who trains to lift heavy weight repeatedly, many times is much more able to go through the everyday normal physical routine much easier than the person who develops just enough stamina to get by the everyday stuff. It is a foundational aspect of wisdom to prepare for the unexpected, to prepare for the difficult. My friends that served in the infantry of the Army and the Marines told me that they spent a mind-numbing amount of time in basic training doing drills after drills after drills, marching, training, practicing to the point that at a moment's notice, at a sound, their body would instinctively react in the way that it had been trained to. In certain circumstances, their body would just act. They wouldn't even have to think about it. And the reason that they would do that is because the circumstances that they would find themselves in under combat or while under attack would overwhelm the senses. And it would overwhelm national thought. If a bomb goes off or somebody pops up shooting, something is, your mind is going to click. You're not going to know what to do. When faced with the fury and fear of being in a life-threatening situation like combat, the mind is going to do what it has been trained to do. When a situation happens that knocks you out of your ability to think straight, you're going to do exactly what you've been trained to do. If your mind hasn't been trained to respond, when something overwhelmingly intense happens, it will either shut down completely or it will panic. Look at the crime video sometime, but when something's happening and you see people like, and we go, why don't they run? Why don't they do this? But we're sitting there comfortable in our house looking at the video screen. But when you are there, your mind is either going to freeze or you're going to panic Ah! and just run off. When the ground is shaking and bullets are flying all around you, the normal, untrained human instinct is to jump up and run as fast as you can in the opposite direction, which in that situation is going to get you killed immediately. So they would train and train and train. They would train to stay low. They would train to focus on the particular job that they had to do. They would train to not panic. They would train until their body would act instinctively without them having to think about it. If you ever get the opportunity, listen to the interviews of those that have been in combat. First, they will attempt to describe the overwhelming, mind-numbing fear that they felt when the ground shook because of bombs exploding close to them and the sound of bullets flying over their heads, the sounds of people screaming and dying all around them. And then they will all say the same 
thing, they'll say, then the training kicked in. And before I knew it, I was crawling on the ground, getting into position and trying to do my job. The training kicked in. I've seen boxers get hit so hard that they will be unconscious while still standing on their feet. Standing there with their hands up as if they are still awake, completely unconscious. Why? Because when they got knocked out of their mind, their training kicked in. I mean, the ref still stopped the fight, but in their body, they were still up. They were still up because they had trained and trained and trained and trained so hard. Sometimes in life you get hit so hard that it knocks you out of your ability to think straight. Sometimes tragedy can hit you from another direction and will knock you head under heel. And you will completely have lost your ability to think straight, to know what to do. And when that happens, you need to be able to know what to do when your spirit comes under attack, when your mind comes under attack, when your family comes under attack, when your sense of peace comes under attack. The devil is as a roaring lion seeking who he may devour. I said it a couple weeks ago. It is my job here as your pastor. Our job here is West Angeles to make you stronger. It is our mission here to help you become spiritually mature sons and daughters of God. But we're here to make you better. We're here so that you can live life with power. We're here to make you combat ready so you can live a life of victory. Oh, we have a good time in praise and worship, and I got to praise the Lord for our music department, but all of that is to make you ready, ready to stare the devil square in the eye and not be afraid and not flinch, make you ready. The word survive implies that one has confronted something that might well have taken them out, but they outlasted it. They're still here. You are still alive. Amen. If you want to last and survive when life attacks you, you have to be ready to deal with periods of diminishing returns. Periods of drought. Periods of scarcity. Trouble. Distress and affliction. I know this is not a happy, happy message, but I need to get you ready. Do you know what is going on out there? We must be ready to deal with the fact that we may get sick. We may be injured. We may have an automobile accident. The house may catch on fire. We may lose our jobs. The money may run 
out. I know you got a lot right now, but something can happen. Sooner or later, we will die. Affliction is misery, suffering, trouble, torment, and sickness. It is persistent pain or distress. Affliction is a very unpleasant experience. No one enjoys affliction. No one enjoys being attacked, but all of us in will in one way or another inevitably face some kind of attack, some kind of affliction. It is during the times of attack and affliction that we are most likely to lose our heart and our will to fight. Some people are so affected when they get attacked by the devil that it overshadows every aspect of their life. It's all they think about. It's all they talk about. They can't even give the Lord praise for what he's done in their lives because they're too busy thinking about what they're going through. They're so obsessed with their afflictions to the point that they let the pain that they've gone through define who they are as a person. It becomes the defining attribute of their identity. Others lose their mind completely while under attack. They become dysfunctional and neurotic. Some simply give up when life attacks them, and even though they are alive, they are not really living. They will not let themselves believe anymore. They let sadness and depression become their emotional and spiritual drug of choice. Every time you see them, they're like, oh, I'm just, I'm making it, amen, Hallelujah, just continue to pray for me. Oh, I was, oh my God, pray, oh Lord. Just continue pray. Every time you see them, sometimes you see them coming, you'd be like, oh man. And then when you see them coming, you'd be like, Lord, help them, Lord, help them. Oh man, I was just praying for you. Hallelujah, praise the Lord. But their affliction drives all joy and happiness from their lives, barely alive on the outside, but almost completely dead on the inside. But the word says, our text says, if your law had not been my delight, I would have perished in your affliction. I said, if your law had not been my delight, I would have perished in my affliction. The way you get true grace under fire is to keep your mind stayed on him. For he says, I will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on me. When you come under attack and those spiritual bombs are flying and landing overhead and they're flying at you, he will keep you in perfect peace. When trouble comes on your job, trouble comes in your family, when your kids start mouthing off to you, you don't know, like they don't know what you are talking about. When you get 
crazy information from the school board saying that they're teaching this and that when you turn on your news and it's enough to drive you wild. Keep your mind stayed on him because he will keep you in perfect peace. Philippians 4, 6. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God and the God of, and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. How many of you want peace that surpasses all understanding? That's another way of saying grace under fire. You want peace beyond all understanding? You want true grace under fire? You need to train your mind to whenever anything happens that tries to steal your peace, steal your joy, before you let your mind think anything, you need to train your mind to think on him. Meditate on his word. You already know them. You see, it's too late to start training for the fight when the fight shows up. <laughs> you got to get ready beforehand and drill it into your being. It's all in the mind. We have it wrong most of the time. We'll say that the devil is on my job causing trouble or the devil done got in my child or the devil is busy in some other situation. Listen, the devil ain't on your job. He's in your mind. He's not in that situation you're in the middle of. He is in your mind. The battlefield that the devil attacks you on is in your mind. It's in your thoughts. It's in our minds and in our thoughts where he steals our peace, where he steals our joy. He introduces thoughts of fear, anxiety, anger, pain, or loss. He introduces thoughts of worry or loneliness or abandonment and pride and ego and security, pleasure or entitlement. He introduces all of these thoughts. And when something happens in life that hits you so hard that you lose your ability to think straight, if you haven't been trained in your spirit, you'll reach out and grab one of those thoughts that he introduces you to. But the word is clear. The word is clear on what we are supposed to do. It says be anxious for nothing. Be anxious for nothing. And then it even goes down further. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, that's the training, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, Whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, think on these things. That's what you drill on. That's what you train on. That's what you practice on. The word 
promises that he will keep you in perfect peace if your mind is stayed on him. God may be our shield and our fortress, but we still have to train. Because sometimes when life hits you, you can forget all about that. When life hits you so hard that it knocks you out of your senses, you've got to know what to do so the training can kick in. Mm. Some people, because of their unfamiliarity with the Bible, will dive in panic and dive for cover as soon as they hear a loud bang. At the first sign of trouble in their life, they're, what we gonna do? How oh, did you hear what's going on? Well, I don't know what we gonna do. They start yelling at their spouse, their kids. But people who are built up in the word are calm in the midst of all the chaos. They are at peace in the middle of the storm or in the sounds of battle. When the enemy launches an all-out assault on those who know the word, they calmly take cover behind the promises that God has given to protect us. To be our sword and our shield. To be our strong tower. To be our rock and our fortress. Life may knock you down to your knees, but being on our knees is a part of our training. Because when we're on our knees, that's when we are praying. The devil may think he has you beaten and defeated until he hears you say, amen. Oh, I thought that she was defeated, but she was down there praying. She just said, amen. I need to get on up out of here. The word of God enables us to survive adversity because it instructs us in the tactics and the weapons of survival. In Corinthians 10 and 3, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty. And God for the pulling down of strongholds casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. That's why we are told to put on the whole armor of God. If this was not a battle, you would not be commanded to put on an armor. You don't go to a, put on an armor to go to a tea party. You put on armor because you are in a fight. We can have grace under fire because we are more than conquerors. We already know we're going to win this fight. You can have grace under fire because you have trained your spirit to remember that no weapon fashioned against you shall prosper and that you shall refute every tongue that rises against you in judgment this is the heritage of the servants of the Lord and their vindication of me from me declares the Lord oh you thought we just added that scripture in there this morning oh let's give the Lord praise no weapon formed against you shall prosper 
We can have grace under fire because of Isaiah 41 and 10, where it reads, fear not for I am with you. Be not dismayed for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Psalm 46 and one, God is our refuge and strength. He is a very present help in the time of trouble. Deuteronomy 31 and six, be strong and courageous. Do not fear or be in dread of them. For it is the Lord your God that goes with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. Psalm 34 and seven, the angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and delivers them. These are the promises that we take peace in, that we take cover in when those bombs start falling around you. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego showed grace under fire. They showed grace in the fire. Daniel showed so much faith in the the lion's den that he lied down and got a good night's sleep while he was in there. That's grace under fire. Jesus, on the night of his crucifixion, endured untold agony. He was beaten, spat upon, mocked and ridiculed. Nails were driven into his hands and feet, but he humbled himself and showed the greatest amount of grace under fire that this world has ever seen. Give the Lord praise if you're happy that he showed grace under fire. Hallelujah. He died and was buried. But in three days, he walked out of that grave and all power was his. Look at your neighbor and say, I might be under attack now, but you just wait until my third day. Hold on until the third day. Hold on until the third day. Oh, give the Lord praise on today. Hallelujah. Everyone's standing. Everyone's standing. We're through. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Oh, give him praise because he's bringing you through. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Oh, come on, beloved. Let's worship him on today. praise because he made a way. He made a way. He made a way. He made a way.
please bow your heads and close your eyes. This is the most important moment of the service. This is why we are here. This is just between you and God at this point. The main reason that we can have grace under fire is because we can move through life with the blessed assurance that Jesus is ours. That ultimately we have already been given the victory. Sin, death, the devil, and all that is evil was defeated when Jesus said, I do, on the cross. When he said, it is finished. All you have to do is reach out and take hold of the victory that you have already been given. There may be someone here that has yet to claim the victory that God has promised us in his word. That has yet to claim your birthright. It's like someone showing up, your, up at your door and showing you documentation that you have a great inheritance that has been waiting for you and all you have to do is claim it. Peace beyond all understanding is your inheritance. Grace under fire is your birthright. It is your inheritance. All eyes closed, all heads bowed. If there is someone here that is dealing with an attack of the enemy, an attack on your family, an attack on your job, on your body, on your peace of mind, if there is someone here dealing with an attack in any area of your life, even if you are already saved, already a part of the West Angeles family, we want to pray with you. We want to stand with you. Come down here to the altar now. Saved, unsaved, member, non-member, even if you just walked in off of the street, if you are dealing with some kind of attack in your life, come forth. We want to pray with you. If someone here or online is ready to give their life to the Lord, we want to stand with you in this time as well. You don't have to live your life in defeat you don't have to live your life in anxiety you can have peace beyond all understanding you can have true grace under fire come on down beloved come on down my brother come on down my sister we want to stand with you we want to pray with you you are not alone you're going to be okay. You're going to make it through this. You're going to come through this in power. Hallelujah. Let's pray, let's pray. Lord, we wanna thank you that you are faithful. We wanna thank you that you promised never to leave us even until the end of the age. That you promise that when the enemy rushes in like a flood, that you would lift up a standard against him. So Lord, you see us, your sons and daughters, looking to the hills from which cometh our help. We believe in you, our shield and our buckler. You see the situations and the attacks 
of the enemy that seek to rob your children of their joy and their peace. We pray that you would continue to strengthen them now. Show them that even in the middle of life struggles that you have not left them alone, that you are with us even in the storm. Devil, we bind you in the name of Jesus. We bind those thoughts that you send us telling us that we are defeated. We bind that mindset that brings depression and anxiety and pain. We remind you that you are already defeated and we bind you in the name of Jesus. That you can do whatever it is you do, but like the word says, our God is with us forever. He will never leave us. And in the end, we already win in the name of Jesus. We have the victory. So Lord God, we thank you that we already have the victory. We thank you that all things happen for the good of those that love you, Father God. So we thank you for your peace and your presence and your strength and your power. We thank you for your process, for your will and your purpose in our lives now. And we will continue to give you the praise and continue to tell of your goodness in the name of Jesus. And Lord, we also now pray with those that are now ready to give their lives to you and ask you into their hearts. Please repeat after me, beloved. Lord God, we thank you for sending your son to die for our sins. I believe that Jesus Christ is the son of God. And I believe that he came from heaven down to die for my sins. And I believe that he rose again on the third day. I ask him to forgive me for the wrong that I have done. I ask him to forgive me for the wrong that I have been. I ask him into my heart right now. So that whatever life throws at me or attacks me with, I too can have peace beyond all understanding. And I will live the rest of my life with him in victory. I will live the rest of my life in power. I will live the rest of my life in his purpose. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. 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 Give him praise.